This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. In 2008, a podcast was created with one goal. To bring Bat fans around the world news related to movies, comics, video games, television, merchandise, and so much more. And now, the Batman Universe Podcast has returned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the TBU Podcast. I'm Dustin. Scott is with me today. First off, uh, apologies for not having an episode the last couple of weeks. Um, after we, we, there was a point in time where we had a very lack of news, and then by the time we had some news, some personal stuff came up uh, on my end, so that's why we didn't have an episode. Uh, but we're back. We're going to cover a bunch of news from basically the past month. Um, we also have uh, some stuff with Gunwatch, and then we also have a listener comment that uh, we're going to get into a little bit later as well. Um, and we've got all that stuff, and we have some different ideas uh, going. I know that more recently we've been doing a lot of news-focused episodes um, outside of the interviews that Scott's been putting together. Um, we've been doing a lot of news stuff because there's been a lot of news, but more recently there actually hasn't been, and that was one of the reasons why uh, we didn't have an episode episode for one of the weeks was because we just didn't have enough and we didn't have anything prepped uh, as a topic to actually discuss uh, at length uh, outside of the news. So with that being said, we have every intention of getting more episodes out. But in the meantime, if uh, we, you know, we happen to go a week or two without an episode, please bear with us. Uh, we know that you guys will come back and listen, uh, but we encourage you to just you know head over to our Discord because there is constantly conversations going on there. And even if there is only one bit of news and it's not super big, there's always discussions happening on all the latest announcements and things like that over on our Discord, so be sure to check that out. That being said, let's get into the news from the past two weeks. Uh, the first thing we've got is that there's a new comic series that got announced. Uh, it's called Batman the Brave and the Bold. And you have to wonder, one, if this happens to be, you know, co aligning properly with the uh, idea that there's going to be a Batman Brave and the Bold uh, film coming out in the future from DC Films with the idea that it will have the you have Batman, but introduce other members of the DC universe alongside Batman. Um, you have to wonder if this is, you know, kind of happening not as a coincidence. Um, so basically the gist of this is it's going to be an anthology series. Um, it's going to feature a variety of different stories. The first issue is going to have four different stories. Um, it, I'll be honest. It's if you read Batman, um, why is the name escaping me? It was out for like two years. The anthology series that just wrapped up back in, uh, January. Oh man! I don't know why I, I can't think of it. Legends of was the wasn't Legends of the I can't remember now. <laughs> I think because there's a reason why we don't yeah. remember. <laughs> the thing is, the last couple issues there was a lot of stories that weren't great in it. Um, that that's not to say that there wasn't things that were reasonably good in it. Uh, but but mostly they took the idea of expanding and telling stories outside of you know, Batman and focusing more on some of the other characters within the realm of the Batman universe. And initially when the series launched, they were doing a good job of like mixing it up. They had a story about Grifter because Grifter happened to be a character that was, you know, appearing alongside Lucius Fox in the middle of a, a story that was happening in the main series. So it made sense for that character to appear. But for the most part, there was, it was uh, Batman Legends of Gotham. That's the, Nope, that's not it. Uh, that was a trick. Urban Legends. Urban Legends, yes. Yeah. Um, 
but essentially it was it went from focusing on lesser known characters within the Batman universe to diving back more towards Batman stories that just were shorter in length or cut down where they could release them over multiple parts in multiple issues. Each each issue had at least three to four stories, so essentially it's the same idea of what they're doing. Um, this first issue of Batman the Brave and the Bold is going to feature a variety of different characters, not just Batman. There will be a Batman uh, story, but there's also going to be other stories, one that features uh, John Kent's Superman um, I believe Deathstroke or Ravager is going to be appearing as one in one of the stories. So they are they're going to be focusing on other characters. Um, but the idea is that I think it's how do we sell a book that uh, is going to focus on lesser known characters without giving them their own series that ultimately potentially will not make the sales that they need to make. So what instead what they've come up with is let's market it as a Batman book, put Batman on the cover and sell it as Batman Brave and the Bold and then we can have a variety of different other stories appearing in it too and it'll only take maybe 2 years before people give up on it. Because that's essentially what happened with Urban Legends. Uh, I'm not trying to like crap on the idea of anthology series. Years ago uh, before Urban Legends got announced, I was very, very much for the idea of an anthology series because I thought that there was plenty of characters, especially with the influx of characters from uh, Scott Snyder and Tom King and J- James Tennon. There was a lot of characters that weren't being used and they were being underutilized and they needed to have some place to have small stories instead of having to have a whole you know, series or you know, surrounding them there, they needed to have the ability to have more stuff. I think of like uh signal. He had uh, a short mini series that was, I think three, if I remember correctly, it was three issues. It, it was fine, but stuff like that doesn't tend to sell very well. If people know going into it, it's going to only have three issues. Um, you know, people might pick up the first issue, but it's not, they're not necessarily going to stick around. Now the trades will sell better in, you know, with, with stuff that's based off the miniseries. But if I remember correctly with urban legends, they were collecting the stuff in a very unique way where some of the similar stories were popping up together with other things. So it made sense, but I mean, what do you think of this new series? Um, so I kind of go a couple ways. Like I like in a perfect world, I like I want to buy it. Like I like the idea of you know the brave and the bold. I like kind of like the what it stands for. Like historically, the series where it is kind of like a team up book, and like you know at one point in time it was Batman teaming up with other heroes like Green Arrow and whatever, but. You know, the thing I worry about is, like, with Urban Legends, I believe there was a... Was it six parts? Yep. There was a bunch oh. of them that had a couple that had six. Well, one, the one I'm thinking of was, like, an Ace the Bat Hound story. Ah, uh, yeah. And, like, that's, I, that's the thing I get afraid of, is inevitably you have stories like that that basically fill and pad the book, and it goes on for six issues, and it's like, well, you know, the one-shots, I if I remember right, tended to be more so better than the longer ones, which, you know, I get you want to sell the book and keep people reading for the next one, but you know, I don't know, it needs to be a mix of one-shots and honestly, I would just like to see Batman teaming up with heroes we might not see him team up with, like maybe throw Batman and Adam Strange in a book together, but the other thing that kind of, like, they announce the creative lineup and on the one hand, I'm excited that you know, Dan Mora will be on the book because he's probably like my top one of my top three artists working at DC right now that I just love his work and he's going to be doing some writing duties. And so that excites me. But on the other end, you know, the the lead in story, the the core one they're really selling is it's Mitch Garad's great artist, but paired with Tom King and I don't know. That, that just tells me right there I'm going to be in it for another depressing slog of a story where it's just going to be kind of ice cold and make me feel miserable. So that unexcites me. I, I will say the log line for that one says uh, it's a four-part retelling of the first bloody clash between the Joker and the Batman. A tale of loathing, lies, and laughter. This may be the most frightening Joker story 
in a generation. I don't like that they're propping it up as it could be, you know, it's it's that good. Because if it's not that good, then I hate when they do that. Uh, I understand that's marketing, but it's just annoying. But I, I, I really don't know that I need to see another first, the first of this, the first of that. It just it gets to be a little too much. Um, I love Dan Mora. I think that it'll be interesting to see what he's capable of with writing. But again, the logline is, In a Gotham City overrun by the cybernetic henchman of the Joker, the only person who can save us is the mysterious motorcycle-riding bat-costume hero of urban legend. So, who are they talking about? Is this a completely, you know, non-existent, off, you know, off-continuity uh, story? I mean... And then the other story has to do with some of the characters from uh, the Wildstorm universe, uh, specifically Stormwatch team. And then the other one is uh, the Superman story that I mentioned earlier. So I don't know. This could go either way for me. I mean, we're going to cover it on the website so uh, you guys can take a look at reviews as they come out. The first issue is going to come out um, in May, I believe, uh, is what I saw. Um, So that... And it'll have a bunch of May 16th is the first issue. So you'll be able to pick that up if you're, you know, one of those guys who loves to have a ton of uh, variant covers. There's a ton of them. There's going to be a ton of variant covers for this. Uh, They've already revealed some of them. Uh, They've got ones focusing on some of the characters that are appearing outside of Batman. So there's that. Um, The next bit of news, I'm going to kind of jump around here because there's some news that like kind of jumps together, but there was an announcement from Spotify. Spotify had an event uh, there where they were talking about some of the stuff that's coming in 2023. And I will admit completely flew under the radar. There was a, we talked about Batman unburied last year when it released. And I believe it was like April, May last year. I believe it was May. Um, Batman unburied came out. Um, it, it topped the charts when it came to it releasing dethrone Joe Rogan's podcast, which was kind of crazy um, for a short amount of time in multiple markets. But then just earlier this year in January, there was a series that was called um, the series was specifically called Harley Quinn and the Joker sound mind. And that one, instead of releasing an episode every single week, like the Batman unburied series, they dropped all of the episodes at once And that one also topped the charts in multiple markets as well. I didn't even, I I vaguely remember hearing about the Harley Quinn one, mostly because uh, Christina Ricci was voicing Harley Quinn in that. But I did not actually realize that it actually dropped. So that completely flew under my radar. Well, anyway, back to the actual announcement. They announced the next one that's coming is called The Riddler Secrets in the Dark, which is going to debut later this year. Um, It's actually happening within the same universe as Batman Unburied, which means David S. Goyer is going to be returning uh, as he produced the first uh, series, Batman Unburied. And then uh, the other side of this was that Hassan Minaj, he is returning as the Riddler, who he previously played in Batman Unburied as well. And the interesting thing about this is that it actually has Batman teaming up with the Riddler in this new series, specifically trying to take down some sort of new threat that is uh, being presented in this, you know, this uh, new podcast series. So that's coming later this year. There's no specific date, but I'm guessing like later, later this year, um, probably closer to October. If I want to put money on it, I would say right around Batman Day, uh, whenever that ends up falling this year. So um, that's that was the announcement for that. Yeah, and Hassan Minhaj, I actually really liked his Riddler voice. So that's kind of exciting. You know, and I hope, you know, I know they didn't say anything about other voice actors, but I kind of hope Winston Duke comes back as Batman because I actually really enjoyed his Batman voice as well. All right, so then the next bit of news we've got comes from the... It's all about the Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League game. Uh, Back on February 23rd, there was a new gameplay trailer that was released as part of state of play and it showcased uh, some different sequences dealing with different members of the justice league the characters that were obviously going to be playing in the game itself um there was also a behind the scenes video that was released as well um that same day 
kind of showing the lead in at the very end of Arkham Knights, the Suicide Squad hint that uh, we saw and how that leads into what we get here. They're, they're both worth watching if you haven't checked them out. The gameplay trailer was like six minutes and then the behind the scenes look was just over eight minutes. Um, definitely check them both out. But the more pressing news uh, related to this was that there was a leak that came out um, talking about how the game was going to be having a ton of potential microtransactions. Now, if you're not familiar with that phrase or the um, the world of video games, games that have microtransactions is basically they sell you a game for full price. And then when you get online, there's a bunch of things that you can purchase in addition to what you've already played, you know, paid for for the game. Typically, it ends up being skins or like costumes that you can wear for the various characters that you're playing as. Sometimes there's special weapons. Sometimes there's different types of, um, you know, enhancement things to what you're capable of doing. But generally speaking, a lot of games, at least more recently, have had microtransactions. But the idea is that the games that get a lot of flack for it are games that they're, they're creating a way for people to spend money to be able to be better at the game. Um, I remember years ago, I didn't play it, but I remember the controversy. There was a Star Wars Battlefront game that came out where the microtransactions, you could basically pay for exclusive weapons. And if you had the extra money to pay for those weapons, you could level up quicker. You could play um, in a way that you know, people who without those weapons were at a disadvantage. And a lot of people were really upset about that. And it raised the question of, why does there need to be this when these games are already making so much money as it is? Now, that was years ago, and there's still plenty of games. I mean, Fortnite is notorious for being a game that there's tons of skins and different weapons that you can buy and things like that. So I'm not too surprised with the idea of it. Also, it's worth mentioning that even in Arkham Knight, there was skins that you could purchase for Batman and the Batmobile, and there was a you know, season pass DLC pack that would allow you to get the different skins at different times. And it's not something that I think is in, in entirely unheard of. Now, I don't know the full details of the leak because it was kind of like on different people were talking about different things, but the, the a lot of the big websites were talking about it without actually showing anything because the stuff that leaked was not supposed to be leaked and they didn't want to obviously piss anybody off. So they didn't post repost it. But the idea was that uh, there was fans who raised some concerns about the microtransactions and supposedly, there's no confirmation on this, the game was supposed to be coming out in May. It has now been pushed back and is delayed till later this year. Now, nobody knows if for sure it's related to the fan backlash, related to the microtransactions, or if in fact it has something to do with you know the game just needing a little bit more time to work out whatever they were doing. The f one thing that I did see about the the microtransactions was it looked like different costumes. You know, you have all these characters that have had multiple appearances in different forms of media and comics, and they have different types of costumes. I saw Harley Quinn have different costumes. Captain Boomerang had different costumes. It's just different things that they had. I don't see this an issue with the skins. And also, you know, uh, when I was just when when the, the leak got it, it got revealed and people were having you know there was the backlash. My son, who's very into video games and was talking to me about it, mentioned, well, why you know are they going to do something like a season pass where there's extra levels that you could play? And I was like. Well, that's one option that they probably might have, but if nothing came out about that, maybe they don't have something like that. Maybe the game definitively ends. Arkham Knight had extra levels that you could play as Batgirl and Nightwing and Red Hood that you could play after that didn't necessarily have to do with the actual in the middle of the game um, and didn't give you the ability to play those those characters in the game. It was just during these like individual chapters that kind of like take place after the story of Arkham Knight. So... I'm not sure if I have an issue with the microtransactions because I don't really see it as as big of a problem. I think the problem is that it's not something that fans of these games are entirely used to, so that's probably the reason. Awesome Gotham Knights just came out last uh, fall, and they had a variety of different costumes, but my understanding was that you could unlock them. And I don't remember hearing anything about... 
people being upset about you know the variety of costumes that they had. So the question is really why is there such an uproar regarding this, and then is it really worth the uproar? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's an answer to that question. I think I, on the one hand, I do think like people are probably just tired of it, and it's just like it's the nature of gaming right now. And like, I get it. It's kind of annoying to feel like you're getting nickeled and dimed like constantly. But at the same time, you know, if it's cosmetic stuff, who cares? I did drop quite a few extra dollars on Arkham Knight for costumes and I did get the season pass for all the extra levels and whatnot and some were good and some were okay but I don't know I guess it's just the nature of it because they're trying to keep everything at the same price point and the reality is it probably costs more to make these games so they annoyingly nickel and dime you where they can but if it's optional stuff I don't care people will take it they won't you know not everyone's probably going to buy every single skin because, you know, reality is people have favorite characters going into this. And they're probably going to load up on one character or the other and call it a day. Yeah. So I would say we'll wait and see and see what happens. I, I, I don't disagree with the idea that if they're trying to make money some other way, I don't have a problem with that. The one thing that I will say is I would like to see games take the approach of, hey, here's a game. Uh, we are charging you X amount of money for it, but we are going to create just a little bit extra stuff after the fact, like those DLC chapters for Arkham Knight, as something extra that you can do that, yeah, sure, they can make some money, but let's be honest, those few chapters that you got and the extra skins, I'm not sure that they were necessarily worth the 25 or $30 that that DLC pack was worth compared to the overall cost of the entire game being at like 60 or 70 bucks. So the thing is like, is it really worth it or are they already making money by doing something like that and maybe they're just hedging their bets by saying well maybe the dlc is going to get too much flack compared to the idea of the existing content that uh you know the the existing idea of just having the costumes be able to pay for um i i do have to wonder how many people are actually going to be you know what's what's more realistic are they and obviously they've done the research to figure this out themselves, but what's more profitable having an insane amount of costume choices for these characters, uh, because it's easier just to throw an extra layer on there for, you know, within the game to sell or creating DLC packs for a higher price point. Like how many, how many costumes are people actually purchasing to like warrant the, you know, warrant it other than it's just a low cost option to make money. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. It's one I don't know the answer to. I knew I bought like three myself for yeah. Arkham Knight, but I don't know. That is a good one. And I think the hard thing, too, is like some of those they price pretty low if it's like a standalone skin to where like you don't even think about it. You're like, oh, it's two or three dollars, whatever. Yes. <laughs> but. All right. So a little bit of, of a crazy topic that popped up. Um, Dan DiDio, who's not been at DC Comics for quite some time. Um, he sat down with uh, Comics Journal to discuss a variety of different things, but one of the headlines that uh, came out of it was that Dan DiDio's rule for DC was only a third of the comics should be Batman, which means if you were releasing you know, 30 comics, 10 of them had to be Batman, but we know at certain points they had over 60 comics, so 20 of them had to be partly based within the Batman universe. He specifically, as you dive into the article, and I'll have the article linked in the uh, description down below. Um, as you dive into the article, he was he, he goes in kind of the economics of how the comics sell and how they were doing well and some weren't doing well and things like that. And it was basically the idea was that the Batman universe was very fruitful. Um, that was the intent, and they but they didn't want to over do what they what was happening which is funny because i think at various points in time especially running the website and having people review comics on the website i think it's i think there's been plenty of times where you almost have to wonder if too much is too much um you know i'm i'm not one to complain about a, a, a variety of options when it comes to different types of batman comics but i think there has been plenty of times where some comics are too similar to other comics and it just becomes repetitive. Yeah, no, I would I would agree with that. It's I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to comment on this one I think for me just because like there's 
there's two. I feel like there's two Dan the Dios. There's like the one we get here where he kind of like it's like sensible and like you know it's not that he's wrong or anything, but there's like the other side of him where you know supposedly behind the scenes, you know, he was forcing through a bunch of stuff that a lot of other creators that worked at DC didn't want to do and kind of made their lives miserable. So I don't know. I'm kind of you know I I get it, but. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of I'm on the fence on this one. Yeah, I, I think the the thing is, it's interesting because I don't know that he would actually think that way in the sense of if Batman's selling well, his job as a publisher is to make comics and publish comics that sell. Um, that's not to say that you have to do it um, where Batman is the vast majority of what you're doing, but I still think there is that argument of there was a lot of comics that he did approve that he even himself was writing that were questionable of whether or not they needed to exist. And I'm not saying you can't try different things with different comics, but let's be honest, there was some series out there at various points that probably last way longer than they should have just because maybe they didn't have something else that they, they thought would do as well. Um, but I don't know. It's it's an iffy situation because we obviously like Batman comics. We want to see Batman comics, but you also understand that Batman is just a small portion of the overall DC universe. Now, when it comes to media, I mean, Batman still dominates it, and I don't think that's ever going to really change um, ever. It really just won't. So, no. <laughs> Always be well. You know, well, you never know. One can hope. Yeah. You know, there was that time where Green Lantern was, you know, king of the kingdom over at DC. Maybe we'll get some really weird, you know, transference to media, where all of a sudden some other DC character is really. I think it seems like they're trying to do that with Superman again. So trying. I don't think he'll ever top. Yeah. Yeah. Being the operative word, but you know, James Gunn's throwing himself at it to make people care and. Get into Superman. And I don't blame him for that because, I mean, Superman should be as big as Batman. It's not because of the way Batman as a character is and how it has become more relevant since the 80s. Superman is not a character that a lot of people can relate to and think to themselves, yes, this is a connection I have deep as much as somebody like Batman. Um, I'm not saying that people can connect with Batman in the sense of like, oh, yes, I'm a dark rich playboy who has a ton of uh, gadgets and I, I go beat up people in the night. I don't think a lot of people can, you know, obviously relate to that. But at the same time, I think that um, the the fact that he's a normal human without actual superpowers and just strives to be the best that he can be and, you know, he's fighting a mission that seemingly has no end is very different than somebody with you know, somebody from a, a different planet with superpowers who has the capabilities to end whatever conflict he has in a very short amount of time. So I think there's something to that. Obviously, there's a reason why I gravitate towards Batman compared to Superman as well. But at the same time, you have to you, you know that there's there's the capability of bringing these characters to a larger audience. There's plenty of people who, you know, Batman has because Batman has controlled media so much within what has been happening over the last 30, 40 years. The reality of it is that these characters are the way they are because that's just what happened. Superman has had different moments. Superman the Animated Series, Smallville, um, the Superman films that have released. But I just don't think that... It it really just depends on who's doing it and whether or not they can... You know, who who are the creators behind it and who can actually make it happen. In that... uh, that article talking about Dan DiDio, he makes a comment about how Batman really didn't break out for DC and really become successful until the 80s with the Frank Miller stuff and then the 90s with Denny O'Neill actually being the group editor over the Bat books because the line was created in such a smart way where the books intertwined with each other. They told a larger story but still could be read individually. And that was a big deal and very different than what a lot of uh, 
you know, the different aspects of DC Universe were doing at the time. And that was part of the reason why those books started doing so well compared to everything else was there was this idea of let's try to have these tell one overarching story rather than individual stories that just happen in the same universe because we already get that in so many ways. And in some ways, when you look at it, that's essentially how Marvel ended up doing what they did with their movies. They tell separate stories, but they all tie together in their own unique ways. So... All right, so the last bit of news, of course, has to do with Batman dominating the media. Uh, because Batman Cape Crusader, we've got some news on it. Uh, it turns out it's going to Amazon. Uh, we mentioned months ago, I think this was way back in October, when it was supposedly being, this this the series was at risk of not actually happening, which was crazy because of all of the people attached to it. Um, the big high-profile names, J.J. Abrams, Matt Reeves, Bruce Tim. Um, it was kind of crazy how something of that magnitude could potentially get canceled. But we originally it was being made for HBO Max, and it was told that it was not going to be potentially at HBO Max. Instead, they were going to shop around and see who it could land on. We mentioned, I believe, Amazon, uh, Apple TV+, Plus. And Netflix as the the most high contention just because of the amount of money that each one of those have. Netflix was uh, kind of the one question one because they've been cutting back on spending more recently. And they've been going through PR nightmares with everything else going on within their the confines of their streaming service with passwords. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google Netflix password and see what pops up. But Amazon has a good relationship with Warner Brothers. They're currently doing um, a, a, a bunch of different things, but um, they also have the the money to be able to throw around if they really wanted to, and they they are. So um, it turns out it's going to be going to Amazon with it with a minimum of a two season order. Um, there's no specific word on when it's going to be coming, other than we just know that it will be coming in. It will be coming to Amazon. Um, there's there's a lot of things that are still at play. Uh, the first season is going to be 10 episodes, which means there's at least 20 episodes, which is crazy that an animated series would only have 10 episodes, but that has also been something that's been more common recently with the shorter seasons compared to the old-style 26 episodes that shows used to have when they were on network television. Yeah, the only thing i really hope for it is that they give it its own kind of unique animation style i think that will help it doesn't have to look at like the animated series or anything it could be it's totally its own thing i just think you know it'd be a good way to differentiate it from other amazon cartoons but also you know make it feel very batman and gothic and you know the 10 episode thing i'm down with as long as that means there's more quality to those and you know maybe a unique art style maybe an interesting voice cast you know obviously we don't know anything now but the fact that it's two seasons means they're pretty confident they're either confident or they had to make sure that they uh, or warner brothers insisted that they spend the money on two seasons in order to make sure that uh they could actually produce two seasons but i digress anyway um our next thing that we've got is a listener comment. Uh, Joshua sent us an email and said, Hi guys, since the Flash trailer was released, I'm seeing more retro commercials of Batman and Batman Returns action figures being posted on social media. I'd love to hear you all do a dive into those action figures from Michael Keaton, Batman, and Batmobile. Also, the fast food collaborations of those early movies would be super interesting. Thanks. Well, Joshua, I got a I got a surprise for you. We've already actually done a fast food collaboration. Um, we've we actually dived pretty deep into that last February. Uh, I believe it was January or February of last year. We dived into it prior to the Batman releasing. And it is by far one of our most listened episodes. Um, you can find it over at the site, or you can find it on YouTube. Um, just look up Batman Fast Food, and it literally pops up as one of the top hits. So be sure to check that out. Um, as far as looking into the action figures, that is something that uh, would be a cool idea as a uh, shorter topic. Um, the only the only hesitation I have with that is it's difficult to talk about something that is extremely visual. Um, without actually being able to do it in a video form. But 
maybe we'll figure something out. But at the very least, it would be cool to talk about some of those older action figures, or at least the history of the action figure lines uh, during that Michael Keane thing. Because there's a little known fact that there was a there was not just the line that f- that was from Batman and Batman Returns that featured the Michael Keaton Batman. There was actually some other lines that featured the exact same molds because. Back then, the toy companies were cheap and kept the same molds for multiple years, especially when they knew there was another film coming out. So um, it is definitely something that we uh, will put on our list of potential uh, options in the future. And definitely go check out our fast food Batman episode from last year that released uh, here on the TBU podcast. With that being said, it's time for Gun Watch. And we have uh, kind of a mixed bag of all kinds of different things. So I'm kind of going to run through some of these real quick because I'll focus on some of them uh, more than others. But there's a bunch of stuff here that I just want to get through because we have, you know, essentially about a month of, of random tweets and responses from James Gunn to cover, along with a little bit of news here and there sprinkled in. Um, there was some discussion about uh uh batman brave and the bold and the superman legacy specifically referencing how old batman would be and how old superman would be um the only thing that uh, he clarified was that superman was younger than his 40s and batman might be a couple years older than superman but nobody's been cast so there's not worth you know doing anything specifically related to that um Somebody asked if he was worried about big studio pressure. He said, Peter and I are the studio. There is no one to meddle, uh, which I I appreciate, definitely. Um, There was a conspiracy theory that Gunn was actually going in talks to run DC Studios before Peacemaker even came out. And he said, nope, not even close. Um, Then he said that uh, Superman legacy guns looking for more options than Clark being a 25 year old Superman or John Kent dropped a heart emoji when asked what he thought about the question and wishes he could have had a lot more Batmite. And uh, those were those specific ones. Then we had a comment specifically talking about Dick Grayson and Nightwing. Um, There was a article that was posted up that showcase 10 different fan voted characters that fans would love to see um out of the list uh there was five or or i should say four of eight james gunn made a comment to say that there is a high possibility that they could be um out of them include dick Grayson, nightwing tara john kent superman arsenal Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern, Vixen, Cassandra came back on Static were the eight. And he said, would four of eight do? So if you look at that, what is the most common one that appears on most lists? It's Dick Grayson. Um, so uh, it turns out there was another list uh, over on IGN that had a similar thing. And out of the list, Jason, uh, not Jason Todd, Jason Todd was on the list, but Nightwing was one of the only other characters that appeared on both lists and was in the top 10 as well. So it's it's very likely that uh, we're going to see a Dick Grayson, um, hopefully a Nightwing version of Dick Grayson because of what we know with the Brave and the Bold. That would be really sweet. And I think Nightwing's fan or his, his renaissance again right now, I feel like his fan base would appreciate it. All right, and then when he was asked about Wonder Woman having a future in his plans, he specifically said, yes, she is in the plans. And then is and then they said, is she going to be abandoned for a long time? And he said, no. Um, and then to kind of jump on that, there was a comment that he also made. Somebody had suggested, could we see Wonder Woman in more animation? Um, and he specifically responded and said, working on it. Um, so there's a potential of some other animated series uh, or series that is animated that is going to be featuring potentially Wonder Woman, even though at the moment we know that Creature Commandos is the only one that is part of the actual slate. Um, the other thing that was ha- that that uh, was brought up was they were talking about uh, there was a article that was done with or interview done with Casey Bloys over at Variety, and he was talking about the DC content that will end up on HBO Max. Like, will it actually be on HBO Max or will it be somewhere else? And he said that they're certainly looking at the content, but they're looking for high quality content. And if it warrants it, they will certainly have it on the service, but they're not promising that it will specifically land there. 
They also said that uh, the Amanda Waller series is in active development, um, which means it's you know it's moving along. Um, and then they also said that the Green Lantern series and the Paradise Lost series and the Booster Gold series is when they, he when he was asked about those, he said if it is great. Uh, then you know we'll have plans, but if not, we've got other options. And I think a lot of people are interpreting that in a way where there are other options within the DC world that could end up on HBO Max if these series don't end up there. Um, the likelihood of them not ending up there, I don't, I don't see. I, I don't see the top tier stuff ending up anywhere else. If it's part of the slate, I, I honestly, I will put, I will stake money on this right now. There's no way that stuff doesn't end up on HBO Max because they will go out of their way to make that content quality, high enough quality to be on HBO Max. I kind of wonder how much they're going to spend on these shows, just in light of Disney scaling back. We'll Netflix see. I, yeah, I mean, I think they're scaling back, but I think the the thing is, even when you look at the slate that Warner Brothers or well that DC Studios has put together we don't know how long the slate is going to be i think the problem is when you look at disney and what they did with marvel they had an insane amount of marvel stuff in a very short time frame and i think that kind of bit them in the butt because there was kind of like not necessarily um fatigue but i think the problem is that i think the quality of some of those shows was not exactly where they were hoping, and then it did not translate to the audience. Some of the early ones were, you know, did great. WandaVision was a weird one to have as like the first big, you know, series for Marvel on DC or on Disney Plus. But the reality was that it did really well and it had a lot of people talking. But by the time you got to Miss Marvel and She Hulk, I don't think people were talking about it as much as, you know, previously. And now it's, you know, you've got these longer stretches that are spaced out in between the Marvel series that they didn't previously had because they are, you know, trying to make sure that they spread their content out a little bit better. And maybe maybe that means that instead of having as many series, they can spend more money putting them into series rather than having to, uh, you know, just churn the bucket because... I watched She-Hulk. I watched She-Hulk. I did not think it was a very good series. Um, Hawkeye was better, but again, it didn't feel like something that you would expect within the confines of the Marvel Universe just because of the overall quality of what it was. It's not that it was bad or, you know, like not worth watching, but wasn't as good as you would expect it to be. Like definitely not as good as WandaVision or Falcon Winter Soldier or Moon Knight. Those are those were like very, very different on scale of quality compared to some of the more recent ones. No, I, I would I mean I watched Hawkeye and I watched an episode of She Hulk. And WandaVision I really liked. But Hawkeye I felt like it was just one of those shows you can put on in the background and check in and out. Yep. I just I wonder and I don't think money's everything. Like honestly if they have great casts character driven it's someone charismatic that you want to follow around and learn more about like you know money i don't think is that big of an issue i'm just you know if booster gold is right you know for example i am there and on board and we'll see it through i just just needs to feel right and have that tone i love from my favorite booster gold issues you know that what makes the character great for me and everybody else who was reading the character at the time where he had such a long-running standalone series yeah. All right. The next bit of news is the Penguin series. We haven't talked about this in a while, but they have cast their Salvatore Moroni um, as, uh, and it turns out it's somebody that they're, in a way, is pulling from a previous DC project, uh, Clancy Brown, who previously voiced Lex Luthor in Superman the Animated Series, is making his return to the DC Universe with uh, the role of Salvatore Moroni in the Penguin series. Um, there's not much news, but those who know who Maroney is, he's the one who ends up creating Two-Face by throwing the acid on him in the courtroom. Um, but I think this is a great casting. I think Clancy Brown is a great actor. Um, you know, he not only is a great voice actor as seen with Lex Luthor, but he's also a great actor if you've seen him in some of his live-action roles as well. He just great and i can't wait to see how this series plays out it's currently in the middle of filming right now i know that there's been some um set pictures of uh colin farrell as penguin popping back up and uh even 
um, I don't know why her name's escaping me, but uh, Christina Maloney, I believe, is the her name, the one who's playing Sophia Falcone. Uh, she's popped up. I mean, there's nothing like super revealing in any of these pictures, but it's great to see that this show is on its way because I want to see this show on HBO Max's ASAP. Yeah, no, and that's and that casting is just like to me, it's Clancy Brown's a great villain. Like, yeah. you know, obviously Lex Luthor, but like Highlander, uh, you know, Shawshank Redemption, like. Yep. He's fantastic. I couldn't like when that news dropped. I couldn't have gotten like more excited about like that tidbit. And I know there was a rumor floating around that the Batman will make an appearance in the show. So, but it's kind of like it's got me like this is probably the DC project I'm most psyched for at the moment, other than the Batman, yeah, too. But you know, I'm like I'm pretty jazzed to see what this is going to turn into in those set photos where. You know, Colin Farrell, like someone was liking one of the outfits to um, Tony Soprano. And I'm just like in my head, like knowing that Terrence Winter was also once attached to this project. You know, what this could be is could be some like street level, like crime drama. Like this could be really cool, but also have all the right vibes that everybody loved about the Batman. Yeah, exactly. All right. So quick fire. Um, Mark. Guggenheim, uh, he was one of the producers for one of the founding forces behind the Arrowverse. He basically decided to go online and post a article uh, on his blog, or I think his Substack or something like that, a newsletter that uh, basically he was kind of disappointed by the fact that he didn't get a meeting with Gunn and Safran about anything, even though he knew that they were moving on from the Arrowverse. I read it and just it just came across as, you know, he was kind of upset that the Arrowverse is coming to a close and it's kind of like, I hate to say it, it it's, it's going out with a whimper rather than a bang and he it kind of feels like, you know, like they, they uh, kind of don't care about the fact that he held the DC flag for all this time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it because, like, I get it. You know, it, it does kind of suck on the one. And what I hope is that, you know, he has he sees there's a lull now, but maybe you know, a little time will pass, and then there'll be this resurgence of everybody that's been like, because I'm not an Arrowverse fan, but like everybody who's it has fans. Everyone's been touched by it. Like, kind of, he gets that rejuvenation from that when they come out of the woodwork after it's settled, and people have had time to like think about it and mull it over and reflect and reminisce. All right, so then we've got um, James Gunn saying, making a comment specifically relating to the fact that if you think you know uh, chapter one of the DC slate, you don't know the half of it, uh, implying that there is a bunch more to chapter one than what we've been announced. I, I think to a degree we kind of assume that because it was never like a phase one like Marvel did where they only had a set number of projects. I don't know that chapter one has a set time frame that it needs to end by. I think there's projects that they wanted to announce that they are actively developing as we speak, but I don't think that anybody, well, I'm sure there's some people out there, but I don't think anybody... I'll, I think the majority of people did not assume that this was all of chapter one, considering I believe that the actual video said of the, it, the announcement video was like, and this is all, this is what we're announcing now, but we've got more, you know, down the, you know, down the line that we'll announce. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. Like I'm on board. I yeah. hope that means we're getting detective chimp and rip hunter time crimes. Yeah. That one. <laughs> I just want a detective chimp in some, in some live action format. Yeah. All right. And then we ra- we wrap up Gunwatch with two things. One, there was a rumor floating around that Henry Cavell was being uh, potentially cast as Frankenstein for Creature Commandos. And then obviously would then play Frankenstein in the live action sometime in the future, whenever that happens, or uh, whenever that character would appear in a live action series. Um, Gunn shut that down real quick and said they've already cast Frankenstein and they got their first choice and it's not Henry Cavell. Uh, they never even discussed it with him. Um, then there was another one where there there was a rumor floating around. This was just this past weekend that Tom King, he did an interview with Co- Comic Pop Returns and he specifically said that uh, he, he the topic of King being a member of Gunn and Safran's DC Studios writer's room slash DCU brain trust came up and at during the video interview King mentions that Gunn is both writing and directing Superman legacy before continuing on. Now 
it's odd because nobody ever said that Gunn was directing it. So then the the reality of it is that um, he's he, there was a, it was the question was posed to him and he said a casting director hasn't even been hired, uh, clearing up some of the casting aspects of that. Um, but the question is, is there the potential of Gunn directing it? Absolutely, it's it's possible. Um, I don't know that he will take on that project if he's writing it because of all the other stuff that he's also going to be juggling. But that's not to say he couldn't. But, I mean, I guess in this situation, we'll wait and see. I don't know that Tom King, maybe Tom King assumed he was going to be directing it because of how involved he was and because he directs films. But I don't know that he was you know, dead set on that. Tom King has that insider CIA information. He always does. Maybe. But I mean, it's funny because when that rumor hit, I was kind of disappointed <laughs> and badly. Like, I want to give James Gunn the benefit of the doubt, and I like his movies. Like, for the record, we'll say that I am a fan, but I don't know if I want the James Gunn flavor on everything I like. And so I kind of was hoping, like, you know, he. I'm happy he's writing it, but I was kind of hoping a new director would come in and like surprise us all with Superman, do something a little different and create a different vibe and feel that, you know, we haven't seen yet. And that's kind of where my hopes were. So when that rumor came out, I was like, Oh no, I hope it's not like going to be, you know, Superman and Lex Luthor, like just name dropping like a list at each other. And that's kind of the joke of the movie, but we'll see. I will cool my jets on it because apparently it's, at least according to Gunn, it might not be true. Yeah. So, I mean, that's basically it for Gunwatch. I just want to wrap up by saying, like, obviously there's a ton of stuff that's out there. Um, I I did not even include some of the the very strange things that he had to debunk over the last couple of weeks because they're all over the place. Um, He, at one point, called out a specific website for just blatantly making stuff up and then he called out another website for twisting um quotes from people that gun has worked with in the past to kind of work for a headline but not be completely true at all and uh so just be on the lookout for stuff like that we will continue to bring you the you know the updates that we see as as they happen i'm not going to say with all certainty that we're going to have every single update that comes out but we will certainly try to have as many as we can and bring you the most relevant things that pertain to the future of the dc universe with that being said that's going to wrap up this episode be sure to check out our website for all kinds of news editorials reviews other podcasts all related to the batman universe and talking about different things like movies television video games comics merchandise all the different things that you can imagine when it comes to the batman universe be sure to check check us out on social media we're on facebook twitter youtube instagram discord all of our social links can be found at the top of the page over at the batmanuniverse.net in addition to that there is ways that you can support us there are ways that you could join our staff if you're interested in that all of those things can be found at the bottom of the page over at the batmanuniverse.net in two different sections be sure to check those out and if you are so inclined in getting your comments submitted to us to for us to discuss on a future episode if it's a small topic you'd like us to quickly discuss just shoot us an email at tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net or leave a comment in the podcast post and we will read those on a future episode. With all of that being said, for Scott and myself, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Batman Universe Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.